Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Surviving Empathy. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bright Comedy, and you can always reach me at Chef Bright Comedy or simply by searching Surviving Empathy Podcast. Today, ladies and gentlemen, this is a lot different than most of you will be used to. Uh, today, I'm calling this Welcome to Our Empath Tribe. Uh, in the coming uh, days and weeks and months and maybe even years, hopefully, if things go well, uh, I am going to be starting a platform uh, called uh, the Empath Tribe. And what that is, is it, it's kind of a, a group, if you will. It's a community of people. You'll get a newsletter. Uh, you can go onto my Patreon and you can uh, help support me. And uh, there's going to be all kinds of things, my YouTube channel, etc., but what we're trying to do here is we're trying to build an empath tribe. And you don't have to be an empath to do it. You simply have to be a good person who's tired of seeing the world uh, give in to all the destructive mentalities. We want to create a world where we make actual real change in this world. We create a greater sense of hope. We create a greater sense of joy. We create a better sense of fun and festivity. And uh, frankly, uh, to <clears throat> reduce the amount of uh, toxicity and punitiveness in our culture and society. That's what this is all about. And so that's what this Empath Tribe is going to be all about. Uh, I will explain more here, but uh, strap in. This is a good one, you guys. I have a lot to say, and I want you to be a part of this. And I really think this could be very exciting if we can get people to uh, understand and, and and come along for the ride. It's There's really... Not much you can lose and everything to gain. So uh, grab yourself a drink and grab yourself a beverage. And like I always say, let's begin. Well, hello, folks. Welcome back to another episode of Surviving Empathy. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Fry Comedy. And today, ladies and gentlemen, I want to talk a little bit more about my empath tribe and what that means to me and what that uh, entails and... Um, I just want to kind of go into what I'm going to be doing over the next months, um, weeks, months, and years, if you will. Um, and I wrote something today on Facebook. Um, that's just kind of where I put my brain droppings. Um, because I think a lot of people get the wrong idea about things. They get the wrong idea about me. Um, and I'm not worried anymore about, you know, alienating some people. There's just some people out there you're never going to make happy. And I've, I've reconciled with that, you know, um, I might not be everybody's taste, you know, but I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that we live in a world that's highly critical, highly judgmental. Um, and so a lot of people may hear me say something that, uh, for them colors outside of the lines. And before you have a chance to win them over, you've already made a bad impression and that's it. No more, no more chances for you, buddy. Um, and that really goes also into what I was saying the other day about when you have a falling out with friends, um, is that a lot of times it's not warranted, it's not deserved, but th it happens anyways because of somebody else's mentalities, somebody else's maturities. And that's not to say that, you know, it doesn't take two to tango. It absolutely does. And whatever I did to uh, participate in those falling outs, you know, I try to learn from that. Um, that being said... Um, I really don't feel like I personally uh, contributed to anything in those falling outs um, simply because, uh, you know, I was being myself. And there's a difference between being an ass and being yourself. Um, sometimes being yourself involves being 
just slightly less positive than than other folks want you to be. Um, we have to protect our own, you know, backs, you know, and uh, in this world, uh, we have to sometimes um, toe that fine line between being a lover and carer uh, and and taking care of ourselves, you know, because it's a dangerous world out there. Um, uh, but anyways, uh, getting back to uh, the Facebook post, uh, I want to read this little Facebook post to you because I think it really explains uh, my thinking and my philosophy, um, and then we'll get back into uh, what's to come on this show, okay? Um, so I just kind of said, Friday vibes. Uh, I always start with Friday vibes on Fridays because empaths are very vibey that way. So anyways, it starts fr- Friday vibes. I'm not always the most positive person, but I aspire to be. That ought to count for something, just like I'm not the most a lot of things. I could allow myself... Uh, I could allow my difficult life to close me up, close me off, and allow myself to become bitter, crusty, jaded, cynical, and become horrible to people. Because oftentimes people, at least in a general sense, are partially responsible for my hardships and problems. But the other part of the responsibility is my own, however. The world sincerely isn't magical, fair, or full of wonder or awe, but sometimes it can be, on occasion. I'm always good to people, even when they're not always so good to me. The magic, I'm learning, isn't inherent in the world or others, but the magic really has to come from within. Sometimes it's abundant, sometimes it's scarce, but at the end of the day, a blessed life has to come from a belief in yourself and a belief in a better way, a better mood, a better you, and a better world we choose to believe in, that we choose to see. I'm not convinced that ulti- uh, that human beings are going to ultimately make it, or at least they're not going to make it to, quote-unquote, that great future beyond anytime soon, if at all. But I'm hopeful that, at minimal, humans arrive at a place where jobs, systems, and people don't pile on or hurt folks, but try to build them up where opportunities are more abundant, and perhaps where people aren't in constant competition with each other, but we become each other's guardians and friends. It's an old fool's dream, probably, but I don't think I can live in this world anymore knowing it's all going, it's all slowly eroding. I must believe in the world's ability to function, and for humanity to evolve. Anything less would be a cop-out. We kind of have to become the change, I've learned, as cliche as that sounds. All I know is that there's a very good, valid reasons to lose that smile for a little while. But there's also many reasons to find it as well. But maybe it's not how far or how good the human race gets that's important, but maybe it's how hard we at least tried to make it. In other words, it's not the years of our life that's most important, but the life in those years. At the end of the day, I don't know what the future holds. Probably a whole lot more of the same old screwball, nothing nonsense. But if we're to be ahead of the curve, we might just be able to anticipate where it's going and meet up with it on our own terms, in our own way, with our own sense of humor, style, and grace. Because when you get right down to it, I won't be betting on the human race to make it. But I won't be counting it out either. 
we're probably not going to get to Star Trek or futurism the way like we dream, like to dream about it. But uh, maybe if we're lucky, we can um, we can manage to toe the line just enough where we keep it at at least good as it's once been. I hope. My hope is all I got, and my words, actions, and advocacy is all I can do, and it's just about as positive as I can get. At least I'm trying to make the best of things, and at least I'm trying to make the world a better place. Whether people see it or not, I'm an agent of good and betterment, and when life demands scrutiny upon me, I'll simply laugh and say, I'm just here observing. I'm just here to enjoy the ride. If I don't make someone's grade, that's not because of my misgivings or underachievement. It's because that person or system refuses to see the entirety of me. I don't care anymore about satisfying people's judgments and scrutiny, because oftentimes nowadays, most people are far off track, way off base, and have no real right to be judging, scrutinizing, or hailing itself my superior anyway. For to be free is to demand the world accept you as you are, and never bend to society's bogus demands. For if they truly knew the real path to righteousness and prosperity, we'd all be there by now. We must be our total selves so that the world acquiesces to our will and our humanity, not the other way around. When the world tries to act better, more worthy, and in a position to judge or rule me, I simply acknowledge their skewed mindset, nod my head, and go about what I was doing my own way. Because when the cookie crumbles, this world has it no more together than I. It has no right to rule or judge anyone. If you're so righteous and perfect, then why hasn't it saved us yet? We must save ourselves, and sometimes that means knowing when to be a humanist and when to be a survivalist or even nihilist. Nothing can save us from the wreckage of postmodern civilization trying to be our captor than ourselves. I say, if we're going to be free, we have to acknowledge the negative along with the positive. In other words, hope for the best, help wherever you can, but prepare for the worst. It's a fool's errand to believe this world cares about you. But it's also a fool's errand to stop caring about those we can help out. And in turn, they can help us out as well. Mutually assured community. We get out of it what we put in. That doesn't mean, <clears throat> that doesn't mean we have to like it all. Only that we can create an energy bubble around us. A psychic bubble, if you will, around all those we know and love, and to invite those we care about to be with us, to become a part of our tribe of like-minded misfits with a big heart, and to embody the change and the values we wish to see and become. To become, in essence, a community within a large and crazy world, bent on global domination. Therefore, we must be equally bent on the idea that human beings are supposed to be inherently kind, compassionate, dignified, and free, mindfully embodying the best in humanity while keeping a watchful eye on what's trying to harm us. Sometimes I think there's no way we're going to make it. 
But that doesn't mean that we can't try to help out where we can or enjoy the ride while we still can. I hope our species gets over the evolutionary hump. I will try to help it along wherever I can. But at the end of the day, I owe this world nothing. We owe this world nothing. I simply owe it to myself to become the best I can become because it helps my tribe stay healthy, strong, and in, and in good shape. I realize that now. I realize now that I'm a chieftain of sorts, granted authority by my inherent strength and wisdom to understand. We choose to live up to our role or we choose to deny it, turn it down, and walk away. But if we're truly going to heed the call, accept that many need you or I to be the cheerleader, then here I am. Not because I'm better than anyone, not because I'm smarter or more positive, uh, but because I'm put in a position where my tribe needs me to step into the role. We don't become great because we're perfect or better. We become great because we fight for what's good in this world. But more than that, we're thrust into the position because nobody else can or will. We become the anti-hero because nobody else wants to. So, I'm trying to keep one foot in the world of helping the world and others and one foot firmly planted in reality, caring about my tribe. You guys, if you allow me to, I invite you to be in my tribe. I'm not the only chieftain. I'm merely one of many. We're all equals in this tribe. Just like Jesus said, I'm the son of God. But what he was trying to say is we're all the children of God, if we so choose to see it and become it. Now, whether that's true or not is beside the point. The point is that we must choose life, good cheer, and to become a provider and protector, or we choose whatever role suits us best in the tribe. At the end of the day, it's not that we're chosen by some external agent, but that our character and will tells us who and what we are. In my tribe, we care for the earth and all its people. However, at the end of the day, the tribe comes first. Welcome to my tribe. You're, a, you're welcome to be whatever your character and traits allows you to be at whatever capacity you're comfortable with in our tribe. Uh, <laughs> so, any of this making sense? Life is short, so make the best of it. And we choose to be the change we need to see. Thank you for your friendship, and thank you for being a part of my tribe, if you so choose. Okay, so, so you know, that's, that's kind of just things I write once in a while. Um, and just to get things off my chest, and also to... Um, you know, it's it's kind of a way to uh, think about the organizational relationships in life, um, to think about a lot of uh, different things, and um, and that brings up a lot of subjects. Um, uh, so I want to kind of explain why is it that I, just some random person uh, out there on the airwaves, would want you 
to be a part of my tribe. Well, <clears throat> I think religion has shown us, and a lot of spirituality has shown us, that we all require community. And that's why um, I don't judge too harshly religion or any uh, affiliation where it brings about positivity and community, because we all need it. We are all social creatures. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, this world um, can often use our uh, desire for perfection, use our idealized sense of the world, use our altruism against us. In other words, what it does is um, it plays on our fears. It plays on our good nature. It manipulates us in various ways. And so sometimes at the end of the day, you don't always know um, if people are coming correct or if they're, you know, if there's an ulterior motive there, you know. Um, and for me, I, I honestly can tell you with no arrogance or ego in my heart that uh, I do not feel superior to anybody. Um, I simply, I got tired of seeing the world force me to play by its rules instead of me having learned and grown uh, as a as a good natured person an experienced person i got tired of having to live life on their terms because at the end of the day a lot of times their terms aren't so fair aren't so equal aren't so kind um you know, I've worked jobs since I was 13 years old. My first job, I was a paper boy. I, in fact, I did my own paper route. And then when my best friend uh, got tired of his route, I started taking on his route for a really long time. And um, as time went on, I, you know, we moved uh, up to a different town. And then I ended up getting a job at uh, McDonald's was my first official job. And then within, I don't know, six months, I was a grill trainer where I was training people at the tender age of 16 on the grill. And now you can see why um, I've spent my life dedicated to the culinary arts. Uh, it's because it's something I'm good at. It's something I love. Um, but it's also something that I believe can be um, drastically mishandled if put in the wrong hands because I believe food and culture and festivity all has its place within the culinary arts. And and by that, I mean everywhere you go to get food, everywhere you go to get drink, every public place you go to enjoy yourself should have a, pl a feeling of festivity and freedom and good cheer. And I believe that's what the world should embody. Um but far too often what happens is you get a job, uh, you know, like fresh out of culinary school, um, and you just work, 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 work. And oftentimes you're mishandled. Oftentimes you're treated uh, like you're inferior. And oftentimes you're simply, you're treated like they, they'll say that they've got your back. And then when push comes to shove, oftentimes they don't. Um, here's a good example. Uh, when I worked at... Um, my first restaurant, the first job I got straight out of culinary school, I became a sous chef. Right out the bat, I was second in charge at a brand new restaurant called Novo. Now, some of you 
down there know this place and probably frequent it quite often. It's a very popular place. Uh, that menu, I helped design. I helped design the food for that menu. It's a tapas grill. Tapas, not topless. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but uh, what happened was... Uh, I was working there, and um, through a series of uh, mishandlings, I ended up, uh, well, I'll just tell the story, and you decide. Um, so what happened was, is um, the first uh, of, of a few series of problems was that my boss, he was sort of an arrogant man. Um, a lot of people in the culinary arts sometimes, but not always, uh, are just arrogant and uh, they have a very high opinion of themselves. And some of them are kind of cool. They want to be cool. They they like to be edgy, you know. Um, and I'm no exception. I like to be cool back in the day. But everybody's, you know, idea of what cool is can defer, you know. It's like George Carlin said, um, you're not cool, skeezix. You're chilly. And chilly ain't never been cool. You know, and what he's saying there is that, it's not cool to be cold. It's not cool to be mean. It's not cool to be cruel, you know? And uh, so anyways, to make a long story short, what happened was is I didn't get along with this guy too well. He was uh, what the restaurant would call the back of the house manager. But what he also was was a lazy pain in the ass. Most of the time he spent it downstairs doing nothing. And whenever we needed help, he was not there to pick up the pieces. And when we needed help, he would often pretend or say that he's got our back, but then wouldn't. And so one day, the first straw was, is that uh, he knew that I was a dinner cook. I was hired for the PMs. Um, and then one day, I come into work, and he tells me, you missed your shift. I was like, well, how did I miss my shift? This is my shift here. He's like, well, you were supposed to be here in the morning. I was like, mornings? We never discussed mornings, not once. He's like, well, it's your responsibility to look at the schedule. I said, yes, but you put out a new schedule today. I knew my shift coming in, and then I was going to pick up the new schedule. He's like, well, anyway, okay, you know, he kind of shook it off. <clears throat> and then, uh, I don't know, within a few weeks or whatever, uh, we were learning, we were growing, the restaurant was booming. Uh, it was very, very busy, very, very hectic, and there was a lot going on, you know. People made mistakes all the time. Uh, the difference is with me is that I always own my mistakes. You know, I don't blame other people for my misgivings or shortcomings. So I, I remember there was a time <clears throat> I was sitting there, it was really busy, and I dropped a stack of plates. And it went everywhere, boy. And uh, I felt bad, but instead of crying about it, I just swept it up. I got what I could out of the way, finished what I was doing, and then I went over and I swept it up when the rush was over. And... uh I thought I handled it very maturely because, you know, mistakes are made. It happens all the time. You know, people make mistakes. Um, it's a very busy, hectic uh, environment, and uh, to err is to be human. So I, I just owned up to it. And I said, yeah, I dropped those plates. It was an accident. Um, and there was like maybe 10, 15 plates. Um, <clears throat> you know, cheap plates. They're not expensive. And so... Um, that was uh, the one of the first mistakes I made in a series of mistakes. Um, the second one was that my my uh, the chef, the the executive chef, which is the first in charge to my second in charge, he would often uh, tell the third in charge 
all this stuff, what was going on, but then he wouldn't include me in what was going on. And so I finally went up to him and I said, listen, I have no, I know you would prefer him as your sous chef and he's a good guy, I admit, but I still am second in charge and I'd like to be in the loop, please. You know? And so he, he over time started to get just very dismissive of me because, uh, we didn't get along. We didn't, you know, he, he had his own ideas of what life should be and I had my own. And I was always a polite and kind person, but w- at the end of the day, I'm also a tough cookie. And I just, we just not, we were oil and water. We didn't mix. He was a very young, uh, very, uh, just, he, he thought very highly of himself as well. And, um, and so, you know, time went on. Well, so one day, uh, I was driving home from a shift and I, <laughs> my car caught fire. <laughs> uh, something happened. It was an older vehicle. I was driving up a grade. I used to have to take this grade to get back home. And uh, the car set fire, and uh, I pulled over really quick, and uh, I was like, shoot, and I, I had just a soda uh, in the car, and I lifted up the uh, hood, and uh, by then, the, the motor was on fire, and I tried to put it out with the soda, but nothing came of it, and so I took everything of value in my vehicle while it was catching fire. I uh, didn't have a lot of time, but I grabbed my wallet, and I grabbed you know just a few uh, things that I could get while I rushed out of the vehicle and I instantly called 911 and said, I have a fire on the grade and the fire department came and they put out the fire and they, you know, they thanked me for being, you know, mature and sensible about it. And so there went my car and my only, my one and only ride. And this is a time in my life when I was making maybe $9 an hour. Uh, so anyways, to make a long story short, I went into work the next shift and I told my boss, I had to get a ride. Uh, I told my boss what had happened. And he was like, oh man, oh my God, that's a bummer. And he's like, well, we'll do whatever we can do to get you a new car and we'll do whatever we can to get you here and blah, 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 blah. Well, so what happened was uh, one day my roommate couldn't take me to work. He had an emergency. He had to leave. And so I wasn't going to make it. And so I called around and tried to get everybody I could to get me to work and nobody could find the the time to to help me out. And so I called my boss and said, Hey, I'm going to be a little bit late. I'm looking for a ride. You know, my car burned down. He's like, Oh yeah, I know. And that's fine. And so I, uh, finally made it. I contacted a friend and he came over and took me to work. And, you know, I lived, you know, 25 miles from work. So it wasn't like a hop, skip and a jump. It took real effort to get over there because it was in a different town. Anyways, to make a long story short, um, he, uh, I don't know, a couple days go by and he calls me into his office and he, and he, and he fired me. You know, he just fired me. I said, why? Well, we don't think you're fitting in here and blah, 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 blah. So I was like, okay, well, you know, to each their own. Uh, but the, the moral of the story is that at no point did I ever make a fatal mistake. At no point did I do anything wrong, really. What I did is I believed and trusted that this man was going to help me get a new vehicle. I, I believed that he was going to be flexible with me until I uh, was to acquire a new car. Um, but at the end of the day, he wasn't there for me. 
Okay. And, you know, I could sit here and be bitter about it, you know, and at the time I was, I was very upset. Um, but that's just one of many, many stories I can tell you about trying to deal with people where you think you've got their back and they've got your back. But at the end of the day, they just say the words, but they don't really mean it. And so I know sometimes, you know, I've talked about how people have uh, said they're going to be there for me uh, to help me support and spread the word of this podcast. Now, I'm not a mean-spirited or bitter person. Um, I'm very accepting of people and the way they are. And I'm a very, very jovial and kind-hearted person. And so um, I don't get rude or mean about it. But every once in a while, I'll just kind of remind people that, hey, you said you were going to help me spread the word. Hey, you said you were going to listen once in a while. Hey, you promised me that you were going to support me. And my only problem with people is because I know people get busy. I understand all that. Um, you know, I have a kind heart. I want the world to be a better place. Um, but at the end of the day, what it boils down to is that people say a lot of things and then they get busy or their mood changes. And then the thing that they said that they meant when they were in a good mood, they don't mean anymore. Now, I understand that we can't hold everybody accountable for every little thing. We get busy. We get discouraged. We all have our own lives to attend to. So I get all that. Um, but, you know, the other day when I was reminding my friends on Facebook, hey, you guys said you were going to support me. And all I'm asking you guys to do is spread the word, spread the cheer, tell people what I'm about. Listen to the show once in a while. Find out what it's all about. Once you understand who I am and what I care about, maybe we can all bring this uh, tribe together and start growing, grow a movement out of this, you know, because that's what really this is all about. And so uh, that was when my friend, uh, if you guys have been following my show, that's when I was telling you guys that my friend, you know, I wrote this big, long thing, and then he criticized me for it. And then we ended up calling and talking about it and all that. Anyways, to make a long story short, um, the point is, you guys, is that when I was in the military, the military's taught me something fundamental, profoundly important that you have to have to be a good person in this world, is that when you say you're going to do something, you fucking do it. You just do it, not make excuses. Now, that doesn't mean that people don't get busy and things happen, of course, of course. But at the end of the day, if you make more excuses than you make promises, then you may, you just, you should stop making promises, you know? Um, and so I, I, I say all that to illustrate that I have always, 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 since I was a young person, since I was a young adult, from the time of the military, I learned what it meant to be a strong, reliable, conscientious, and honest person. Now, with that comes all kinds of loaded words and language, and sometimes, you know, people say a lot of things, yes, I'm all those things too. But a lot of times, they just aren't. They just aren't. And that's, you know, that doesn't mean they're necessarily a bad person. But if we in this world are going to get along, we have to be able 
to a give and take. There's a there's a reciprocity there. Good people of, of with good values, with who, with conscientious hearts, responsible human beings. There's a minimum standard there, and if you don't meet that standard, if you don't step up to that standard, uh, you're not going to step up to your uh, your right to exist. Your uh, much needed attendance in the, in the moment, and so if you if you play wolf enough times, people stop depending on you, and after a while, they they come to not only not depend on you, but they may even grow to think that you're a little irresponsible or you're a little uh, flaky or something, you know. And so, I just want you guys to um, understand that. I'm not bitter. I'm not angry. I love most people. Um, And when I illustrate, when I tell you a story about how somebody might have mishandled me or how I handled somebody in a situation, I'm only talking about people to illustrate a greater point, right? And so at the end of the day, what it boils down to is every time I've had a conversation with other veterans who are now living in the civilian world, uh, we start to understand a similar thing. And that is that civilians do not mean what they say. They are not to be relied upon and they cannot be trusted. Now, of course, there's a always going to be an exception to that rule. Um, but that's what I mean when I say I want to build an empath tribe. It does not cost very much to be a part of my tribe. In fact, all it really requires, it doesn't even require that you be an empath, just that you are either an empath or empath adjacent, which means, you know, that you're friendly to empaths and the idea of it, um, and that you have, that you're conscientious. Um, but it's, it doesn't cost much, you know? Um, so, Hang on. So at the end of the day, um, when I just lost my faith in God, it was hard. I was a Christian for a long time. But year after year after year, my hardships started to surmount. My faith in people started to wane. And my belief in God started to diminish. Uh, not because I was bitter, not because I was cynical, but because at the end of the day, I started asking myself really, really, really deep and tough questions. And that is, do you feel that God is at the wheel trying to change the world in any beneficial way? Or is it just something we say to tell ourselves because we all crave faith and love and positivity and community, you know, and that doesn't mean that you might still have faith. Uh, If you have faith, uh, good for you. Like, I am not one to criticize, but at the end of the day, what it, when you boil away everything and you see this world and you see all the potential and you see all the just the potential for love, the potential for functionality, the potential in our politics and in our 
government and in our corporations and in all of our systems, you see all the potential there. But you also start to see the greed. You start to see the, um, the false, you know, the false reciprocity. And that's what I mean about when you put too much of yourself into your job, but, but they don't, they don't reciprocate to a point. I mean, I don't expect one for one reciprocity, but it would be nice on occasion that you could trust your employer to come through for you in, in small ways. And now maybe some of you have that. I don't know. Um, but what I've learned over many, many years and many, many jobs is that I always came with the, these traits of, 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 you know, strength, of responsibility, of uh, prioritizing and doing a job and, and trying your best to, to be a part of the team and to um, be as forgiving and loving as you possibly can be. But at the end of the day, what I have come to learn, unfortunately, is that most corporations only exist to perpetuate their own wealth. And like the Terminator, much like the Terminator head I'm staring at right now, much like the Terminator, it is bent on one thing, global domination. And so at the end of the day, how does that help anything? All that seems to help is create a society that's more and more robotic, more and more uh, unkind and more and more cruel. And um, that leads me to this. Uh, yesterday, Rebecca came home. Uh, there was just a lot of craziness going on at work. And um, she started telling me about how uh, back in the day, because uh, this company claims to be an employee-owned company, uh, she said that there's a lot of people on this uh, Facebook group that's for this store. I don't want to give out the name because it's, I don't think that would be fair. But at the end of the day, she said that there's a lot of people that, she said that used to be able to um, really honestly uh, retire as a millionaire, that there's this thing called ESOP, and it's kind of like 401k in that they pay whatever you put in. So over time, you accrue this amount, and they match it, right? And that uh, eventually, when you've worked 20 years, uh, you would have enough in your ESOP to retire w with a million dollars or more in your ESOP. And so um, uh, what we were talking about is how this company claims to be an employee-owned store. In fact, it's even on front in the front of every store. We're an employee-owned company. And they use that. And they were at one time, they were very proud of that because what, it, what they did is instead of allowing their stocks to be traded with the public, they would simply share those stocks with their employees so they could make a marginal profit from it. And uh, it was a win-win, you know. Uh, but over time, as capitalism and corporatism and greed rear their ugly head, um, it got to the, be the point where uh, what used to really be an employee-owned company is now really nothing more than a slogan, you know. And... Um, a lot of times to this day, Rebecca deals with customers who talk about how this, I want to shop here because I want to support a company that is employee owned. 
But the problem is, is that they're not employee owned because if they were, that means that the employees have the controlling interest in their, in that stock. And of course they don't. In fact, I would venture to say that they probably have very little controlling interest. You know, it's just something that they say because it's, it's good PR. And so at the end of the day, I say all that to make the point, you guys, that I am not jaded. I am not cynical. I am simply seeing this world as it really is. Okay. And so at the end of the day, you guys, I want to start this empath tribe. I want to start this podcast and Chef Bright Comedy because I want to sink in everything that I am. Honest, helpful, and just simply a guy who cares deeply about people and cares deeply about doing the right thing and cares deeply, deeply, deeply about how people in this world are being screwed around with and mishandled in this world. We are. We just are. And so as people become more mishandled and screwed with in this world, the more those people start adapting bad attitudes. And so you get this pay it forward thing, except what you're not paying forward kindness, you're not paying forward goodness, you're paying forward forward meanness and cruelty and indifference. And so that has become now, today, I believe, the prevailing attitude with most people is you got yours, well, I'm going to get mine and 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 fuck everybody else, you know, and that's what it's become. And I've told you guys before that um, I would like to see companies be a little bit more uh, socialist, if you will, in the sense that, not socialist in the purest sense, but socialist in the sense that uh, everybody that works for a company has some controlling interest in that company, and that your pay is commiserate to how much you put in. And so if you work overtime, if you put in more hours, you put in blood, sweat, and tears, you will get that in return because there's a controlling boss there who sees everybody what they're doing and everything is always commiserate so that every time you do good good will be brought back to you in some form or fashion that's what i mean by socialism not in the sense that because this is capitalism we cannot get rid of it this is for-profit capitalism that's what we live in that's what we're stuck with but Can you imagine, you guys, if we created a society where mean-spirited cruelty and rudeness gave way to everybody has a job, everybody has a function, everybody serves a purpose, and at the end of the day, we have greater sense of community, we have a greater sense of dignity, and we have a greater sense of responsibility toward each other. That's what I mean when I say I want to start an empath tribe. And in the beginning, how's that going to take shape? What In what form is that going to be? Well, let me tell you guys. Okay, so I care about empaths. I'm an empath. My wife is an empath. You might be an empath yourself, or, or at least you're empath curious. And so empaths are very sensitive to vibes and energy. And so they're very sensitive to negativity. They're also very sensitive to positivity, however. And I want, at first, to uh, create 
uh, a platform. So this is the beginning of my platform. This here, the podcast. Um, soon, I'm going to be putting out uh, a comedy album. I'm uh, where proceeds are going to certain amount of proceeds are going to go to various charities that help out very specific problems, and I'll go into that greater in greater detail as I go on. But also, I'm going to be starting a Patreon page, and that Patreon page is just going to be a tier system at what level of the empath tribe you want to be a part of. And that doesn't mean that, you know, if you don't have enough money to go up into the top tier, that's okay. We will not treat you better simply because, you know, you're in a higher tier. That's not how it is. But what it will be is that you'll be privy to various things. And uh, all that has uh, yet to be ironed out. But I can assure you what it will start out being at minimal is different tiers will have different things like merch. Uh, it will also have uh, newsletters that everybody will get once a month that will sort of go into something that I'm trying to compile a newsletter of various articles, uh, various news and support that helps specifically empaths and people struggling in this world for positivity and hope. Okay, so that's Another thing. Another thing I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be starting a YouTube channel. Now, I can't put everything here on the YouTube channel because if I do that, um, that'll stop uh, traffic from going to various podcast services, uh, which would slow down my numbers in terms of my podcast numbers. But there's going to be all kinds of goodies on there. Videos of myself and Rebecca, uh, anything positive and cheerful and a whole bunch of resources specifically for empaths for people who are interested in the paranormal and cryptids and people who uh, are working class joes looking for opportunities and positivity and hope in this culture in other words what is this all going to be this is one-stop shopping for anyone who's looking to find a more positive and more robust life in a system, frankly, that is virtually ignoring us all, that is virtually mishandling us, that is virtually, you know, uh, destroying and limiting our sense of worth. Because at the end of the day, I'm truly an egalitarian. I believe that uh, bosses, because I've been a boss many, many times, you guys. I have been an executive chef. I have been a sergeant in the army. I have been uh, the controlling person at the top before and in various, uh, you know, smaller tiers in smaller capacities as well. Um, I get no ego out of that. None whatsoever. What it means is that I believe that uh, when a person is a boss or a supervisor, all that means is that they have a different set of responsibilities than somebody else. And there should not exist any, any superiority trip about that. It just means that you work in a different capacity. I'm here to make sure you're empowered. You're here to be a part of my tribe to help me, you know, make money, get more popular, uh, grow my numbers as a podcast, grow my numbers on YouTube, and we help each other. We help each other. That's the 
end at the end of the day, that's what it's all about is we help each other. I scratch your back, you scratch my back. And over the months and years, this will grow into a really wonderfully positive thing if we don't give up. But what it requires is it requires people to care about something and to stay true to something. And I will make sure my obligations are fulfilled, which is not dropping the ball on you guys and your needs, so long as you do the bare minimum to be a part of the Empath Tribe. And that is a basic membership. It'll be super cheap. We're talking cup of coffee, uh, spreading the word, spreading the good cheer, and uh, simply... You know, later on, as as things grow, this will all turn into much more. Um, and I can't really tell you how that will flesh out because who knows? It might turn into something really big where I can hire other people and I could do all kinds of sorts of things and we can create really an empath tribe of hope. That is what this is all about. That's what I mean when I say that I want you to be a part of my empath tribe because I don't think it's enough to just simply speak words of positivity. Eventually, I want this to become uh, advocacy for people with mental health problems, advocacy for empaths and and empath-friendly people. I want this to become advocacy for people who are working jobs who feel like uh, they're not getting paid enough, they're not getting valued enough. We will find real jobs, real educational opportunities, and real real uh, work opportunities for you. This is going to be a bunch of resources at the end of the day. And how that takes shape and how it changes names or whatever uh, is all, it all remains to be seen. But I sure, I assure you guys, I'm at a point in my life where I do love people. I love people at their best. I absolutely adore people. I value women and females I love their energy. I absolutely love multiculturalism. I love people of every race, from every country. It's fascinating. And I've learned so much in culinary school about culture and cuisine and festivity and fun. And that, my friends, is what it's always about. The problem I had with being a chef was not the responsibility. It wasn't the low pay. It wasn't the hard work. You know what really really broke my balls. You know what really got me in the end, you guys? It was the fact that humans forgot to be there for each other. And so I hate to pick on you guys when I say you civilians, but civilians don't know how to help each other. They don't know what brotherhood means. They do not know what that represents and what that could be. And so that's why I feel like I'm in a perfect position with my uh, military background, my EMT background, my background as a massage therapist, my background as a phlebotomist, and my background in retail and everything else. I've done it all. No ego. But I feel like I'm finally at a place where I can build, 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 build something beautiful, something pure, at least as pure as we can get in capitalism. (laughs) So... Yeah, that's what it's all about, you guys. It's meaningful to me. And that's what I mean when, uh, you know, every once in a while you'll kind of see me get uh, down and discouraged because I feel like I'm talking to deaf ears. I feel like people don't get it. 
I feel like this world is just getting uglier and uglier and darker and darker, and, and we're just all acquiescing to that darkness rather than allowing our spirit to grow and thrive and get big and get strong and get smarter and, and better and more beautiful, you know? So, yeah, that's what this is all about, you guys. So, over the next uh, coming uh, weeks and months, I will start laying out uh, my Patreon page, uh, my YouTube channel. It'll be called Chef Bry Comedy. So, remember, my main brand is always Chef Bry Comedy. Uh, but I will have many, many things going on underneath that umbrella uh, like Surviving the Empathy podcast here, uh, my comedy albums, I've got books, I'm going to be starting <clears throat> charities, and who knows what that could all build into. I hope it gets huge. I, 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 I'm sorry. I sincerely believe in the goodness of humans, but I'm not seeing it anymore, you guys. I'm not. I see it in small little fleeting glimpses. And if Christians and spiritual people really meant what they said, then why does it feel like we're not making any progress? We cannot pray away violence, oppression, and fear. I'm sorry. It's no disrespect to religion. We cannot pray away the pain and suffering of people who don't have jobs and homes and lives and livelihood. We cannot pray those things away. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't still keep your religion and keep your spirituality and keep your hope alive in that sense of faith and community because I think that's important. I wish I had more of that. But at the end of the day, if I ever come across negative uh, or or uh, simply just feeling low and feeling discouraged it's because we live in a world where you can't have you can't we can't have nice things anymore and you know why that is exactly dave <laughs> i got a text message <laughs> i should have turned that off <clears throat> um we can't have nice things anymore because we don't we don't know how to grow and nurture this planet into something that we can call our own. It's owned by corporations. It's owned by rich people and the bigwigs. And those people are off playing space race. Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk would rather fly off to outer space with William Shatner, which I think is cool. I love Star Trek. I love space travel. But they would rather go burn their money on nonsense and bullshit then, then put that money back into the lives and livelihood of every American citizen. Now, you might be outside of the country and wonder, oh, is this only going to help America? No, no. We will do whatever we can to help everybody who is a part of this empath tribe. So I want this to, one day, you might be a chapter leader in a different country. And that would be beautiful. And I know that a lot of people think that's crazy talk. Believe me, you guys, I am not coming from some weird David Koresh cult mentality. <laughs> not at all. I want this to be an organization. 
I want it to have validity. I want it to have responsibility. I want it to be real. And we can set up the infrastructure. We can set up the charities. We can start setting up the branding in such a way where we can continue growing this effort, not just for empaths, not just from for people struggling with their mental health, not just people that are into the paranormal cryptids, although that will be definitely what it's for, <clears throat> but it's also going to be for anyone who just feels left behind. I don't know about you, but the reason why I'm doing this show and everybody thinks that Brian lost his goddamn mind is because the world stopped giving a fuck about anything. All it cares about is me, 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 me. And it hoards its wealth and it hoards its love and it hoards its uh, sense of uh, responsibility towards others. And if we, we don't have to become socialists. We don't have to become hippies. We don't have to become, you know, anything outrageous. This, you guys, this is going to be very, very minimal effort. All you have to be is a decent person and care. I think that probably means everyone, you know, very few people except for sociopaths are going to be welcome to this empath tribe. Um, but no, no, I'm, I'm perfectly sane. There's an old Chris Cornell song. Uh, reminds me, I assure you, I am perfectly sane. Um, yeah, I'm perfectly sane, you guys. I just feel like the world lost its fucking mind. And just because I, as a well-experienced 47-year-old get tired of playing tiddlywinks, picking up, you know, like uh, <laughs> like uh, <laughs> like Del Griffith said in Planes, Chains, and Automobiles, I'm tired of picking up pickup sticks with my butt cheeks. Um, I'm just tired of, of being put in the position of inferior as a default position everywhere and anywhere I go. That doesn't mean that I have a high opinion of myself or that I think that I'm better than anyone. It simply means that I believe in equality, egalitarianism. It means we have different jobs. My job is to lead and organize and be a cheerleader for this whole movement. And you, depending on your traits, depending on you, you may just want to take a, a non-active role and just Simply tag along for the ride. That's great. Then again, you might be someone who really wants to get involved in this and make some money, uh, create some positivity, and and maybe be a chapter leader. That's what I'm talking about, you guys. That would be cool fucking shit, man. And you, it doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter what uh, political party you're from. It doesn't matter what country you live in. It doesn't matter whether you're rich or poor. So long as you give a fuck about this world and actually care about something besides simply well-wishing and praying all our problems away, why don't we, I don't know, lift ourselves up by our fucking bootstraps and do it for real? Put in the effort. And can you imagine the collective effort when every empath, every, uh, just every misanthrope, every creative soul, every nerd and geek and dork and goober, <laughs> every misfit, every introvert, every person that feels inferior to this world. Imagine if we all got together and, and took over this world in the best possible way. That's what I'm talking about, man. And it's Friday vibes, baby. 
It is Friday vibes. And I don't mean to come off um, weird or anything. Um, I'm a very grounded person. But I'm very, very passionate. I'm passionate to create a world that creates wealth for those who are deserving, creates opportunity for the working people who want to do better, who want to achieve more in their life than simply be an automaton working at Lowe's or Home Depot or Walmart. And that doesn't mean that you won't keep your job. It just means that while doing it, perhaps you could do something else on the side that means something valuable. And this is not a religion. This is not a cult. This is not some fly-by-night thing. This is going to be an empath tribe of like-minded people who want to make the world a better place and make it feel less punitive and make it feel just more energetically positive. Make it feel more loving and caring and intelligent and classy and and dignified. That's what this is about. Because I love you guys, man. I fucking love you guys. And I know I've fought my whole life for equality. I've fought my whole life just to be acknowledged as equal. Just to be acknowledged at all. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, man. I really want to make this a reality for you guys. I want to make it a reality for all of us. And so here at Surviving Empathy Podcast, I'm going to be working hard, you guys. Not just on my career, but on a movement. A movement to help past, a movement to bring about a better kindness, better creativity, a better functionality in our society, and to um, empower those struggling working folks, to empower those struggling with mental health woes, to empower empaths and hypersensitives who just, frankly, are tired of having to stay home without a community to share their thoughts and feelings with. If at the end of the day, we can find commonality and allow all of us to live all around the world, but connected together the way it should be. That's what this is all about, you guys. So um, that's what I have for you guys. Exactly one hour. Oh my God, it was meant to be. (laughs) You guys, I know it comes off a little, whoa, that guy's out there. But no, it's none of that. It's not crazy. Is it, is it crazy to dream? Is it crazy to care? Is it crazy to want to lead a movement of kind-hearted, positive people to do something real with this world rather than pray it all away? I don't think so. And that, you know, if you want to continue to pray, that's great too. I can use all the help I can get. But that's what the empath tribe is to me. And uh, if you want to help contribute to this, uh, the, first off, come by and... Uh, like us on Instagram, uh, Twitter, and Facebook. I'm at Chef Bry Comedy. That's Chef B R Y Comedy, and Rebecca's at Spooky Nerdy Gal. And uh, yeah, over the weeks and months, whether you tune in or tune out, uh, I'll be working hard. I'll be working hard to make this Christmas uh, the best damn Christmas we can make it. Uh, we're gonna make the 2021 a year of growth and prosperity and hope. And kindness for all of you guys, rich or poor, black or white, gay or straight, have or have not. It's it's not about creating a world full of uh, automatons. 
It's about creating a world where everybody is uniquely, richly themselves. And that's rewarded, not punished. (laughs) It's not brain science, you guys. You know what I mean. So thank you guys for joining me. If you have any questions, uh, email me or uh, get get reach me on Messenger on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook. Um, but what you can start doing is you can start helping me by spreading the word. Have people listen to this episode. Uh, if you want to be a part of this in any capacity, reach out to me, man. This is in its infancy. There's so much work to be done in terms of growth. Uh, I got to create a website i have to create a platform i have to create uh all kinds of things and it's going to take time you guys it's going to take a little bit of money and so that's where your uh coupled the bucks here and there will go from patreon it will all go back into this project the empath tribe project okay so that's what i have for now uh if you got any questions or concerns or you have any any way you want to contribute yourself and your positivity to this movement I don't care what you look like. I don't care how shy you are. I don't care how strong or tough or weak you think you are. You belong here so long as you're a decent human being and you give a shit about making the world a better place. So reach out to me. If you, you know, suggest something to me. Uh, I might think, yes, that's awesome. Let's do that. (laughs) I am very open-minded when it comes to uh, good ideas. Uh, There is no place where bad ideas exist. you know, wherever, where, whatever walk of life you're from, a good idea is a good idea is a good idea. And that's what I mean when I talk about best practices. Best practices come from everywhere. It comes from the left and it comes from the right. It comes from the haves and it comes from the have-nots. It comes from black folk and it comes from white folk and anything in between. Good ideas and a good solution is is always good. You cannot, you know... It's you cannot go wrong. So anyways, we will see you one more time this week. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any more questions or concerns, please reach out to me or Rebecca. Um, But yeah, share this episode with as many people as you can. And uh, if you if you think you missed something, rewind and play it again. Uh, I think I covered everything. But if I didn't reach out to me. But thank you guys so very much. And uh, here at uh, Chef Fry Comedy and Surviving Empathy Podcast, we love you because of who you are, not because of what you got. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next time. Love you.